All right, it's DT Systems, dog tested and dog tough. You know, we like that dog in them, baby. We've been using the H20 1820. Over the last several months, we've been playing with this unit. Our friends at Standing Stone Kennels, Ethan and Kat, they've been using it for years and we've been playing with it. We really like it. I think for the dog trainer, the hunter, and the guy or gal who's training their dog to get ready for duck season, we'll really enjoy the 1820. Super reliable, super consistent, great unit for you and your dogs. H20 1820. Dog tested. Hashtag man's best kennel, baby. That's Gunner Kennels. Man, let's talk about these crates because when it hits the fan, you want your dog protected. It's an investment emotionally and financially to keep your hunting buddy safe. If you'd like to get into a Gunner Kennel, slide into the DMs and we'll hook you up. But do your best friend a favor and keep them safe this duck season. Have you wondered if you want to force fetch your dog? Maybe you think your dog's too soft. Maybe you're too nervous to screw, quote unquote, screw your dog up. Let me help you. I built a start to finish course with different dogs, different breeds, and different personalities from start to finish to show you how that you and your dog can do it successfully and easy. Jump in, links in the description. We'd be happy to help you. Let's go. Let's set goals and get you and your dog where you want to be this duck season. This is the second series is where it showed itself. And I didn't even recognize it then. But she can't hear at 140 yards where the duck call and gunshot is. So she hears wah, 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 boom. She's looking around. She's looking hard, but she's not looking where it is. No clue where that sound is coming from. She can hear, but she, she couldn't pinpoint. She couldn't pinpoint it like a young dog can. Like, boom, there it is, that bush. Yeah. Boom, there's the duck. Okay, I marked it. No clue. Welcome back. What's up, bud? Welcome back. Been a little while. Shoot, bud. It's about about a month. Too long. A month since I seen my buddy, my little buddy Jack, Kevin's son. We had, uh, we're going to have next episode, be excited. My deer hunt extravaganza on Lone de Chateau. So be excited for next episode. But Kevin is here. He helped me work on my deer. And uh, we're going to do a little master stational recap 2023 thomasville georgia this was a hum dinger bud i'm gonna take a second to set the stage and then i'm gonna let you interview me how's that sound can't wait you got anything in mind that you want to ask me or are you just gonna wing it shooting from the hip <laughs> shooting from the hip so if it sucks it's kevin's fault that is how it usually goes my man all right listen lay the foundation retrievers dog number one for me, like, so we got a running order. If you've never been to a hunt test and you don't know what we're talking about, I'm going to lay it out real quick and easy. Running order. Dog one to 133. That's what we had. 133 dogs in our section. Our flight. We were flight H. So there was flight A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, ba, ba, ba. We were H. 1,220 dogs were entered roughly 135 dogs per flight. Okay, so divide by 135 to 1220. That's how many flights we had, okay? Fair enough. Okay, so we had 135 dogs in flight H. I had my buddy Blaine. 
Oh, the pterodactyl Tarnecki. I had my buddy Oliver Berman from Foundation Retrievers. I had my friend Trish Jagoda, who like all these people have been on the podcast. So if you haven't tuned into their episodes, do yourself a favor and listen in. Trish's episode was super cool. Yeah, she called me a pedophile because of my mustache. That's like, I'm sure we're we're flagged now by America. It could be. Yeah. But anyways, Trish was in my flight. Michael Demmer, who was recently like two episodes or the last episode might have been because we had a little break. But quite recent. Real recent. Demmer was in our flight. How'd he do? Good. He did really well, actually. He was the one running the Grand before this, too, right? Yes. He took... we, let's not get too ahead of ourselves. Yeah, okay. but he I went get excited. five for six. Ooh. Yeah, very good. Yeah, but uh, he went to the. He was an SRS judge at the Crown. Then went to the Grand and had to run all his dogs. And I don't remember how well he did there. I know he did well. He was proud of himself. Happy. Then he brought six dogs to the National and passed five of six. Which, as you hear this episode, that's very good. So Demmer. Blaine, Oliver, Trish, myself, Chase Hawes, who we've never had on the podcast. Maybe we can get him on here. He's kind of a quiet dude, probably similar age as me, runs field trials, hunt tests, like very multidimensional trainer and good at what he does. Uh, He did pretty well, if I remember correctly. Carter Turner, who will be on the podcast at some point in the next couple of weeks, Carter won the Super Retriever Series crown. I think he got first, third, and fifth or something like that, but we'll let him tell his story when it's his time. So we had some heavy hitters in our flight as far as professional retriever trainers go, and then we had some really well-established and experienced amateurs in our flight too. So 133 dogs in our flight, about 50 passed. So... Remember, I was talking earlier about dog one to 133. So they have a banquet and they basically like bingo, pick a number out of a rolly ball thing and say like, dog 72 is dog number one. And you're like, dang. So it turned out to be, I think, 55, which was Oliver's dog, Mackie. So Oliver has to go first. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. So it's not like dog number one starts it because then it's just bad luck that you're dog number one. Sure. And they don't want to do that. So it's like random drawing during the dinner banquet out of a hat. Boom. No joke. Ollie. And he's like, dang. Okay. But at least it's Mackie. It's his tried and true. He's passed the grand once. He's been to two master nationals and hasn't passed yet. But it's like, this is a solid. It's not his first rodeo. No. And Mackie is you know what he's going to do before he does it. He's consistent. He's, thank you, but predictable. Predictable. Thank you, Kev. He's predictable. Like, Mackie's either got it or he doesn't. And most of the time, he's got it. He's a very good dog. And he's just like, steady. He's not going to break. He's going to watch his birds. He's going to run good blinds. He's tried and true. So, like, a really good dog to start out with, to feel the test out. Sure. So, Mackie's 55. Memphis is 58. So I got to watch the test dog. I got to watch Mackie. Then I had 56 and 57 and Memphis had to be ready. So I got to watch two dogs. Oh, wow. Run the first series. And then it's like, go air your dog and get ready. Okay. So it's like you're thrown to the wolves. You're like, "Mm, screw it. We're here. 
right, right, right. The first series was a humdinger. All right. You walk up to this little mound. It's a land series. Walk up to the mound, sit the dog down. There was an honor. Dog is on the honor. You're to the left. Honor dog is to the right. First bird out is from a hay bale roughly 50 yards away, thrown left to right. Then it's called a hip pocket. Hip pocket. Okay. Like I have a hip and I have a pocket. It's in my hip pocket. Okay. I don't want you to think I'm saying like hit or whatever. Or whatever with a yeah. P. Hip pocket. So first bird left to right. Then deep of it, left to right is the flyer at, I think it was 145 yards or 160 yards, one or the other, thrown left to right. So that short bird is thrown in the hip pocket, which is a crappy description, but like just in line or just to the left of the line to the flyer. Picking up what I'm putting down. So it's like, boom, then boom, deep of it. But it's like thrown the same way and really not far off line from one bird to the other. Then swing, a big swing to the left, right to left is your go bird. And this was probably 110 yards. Some cover there. Can you remind everybody what a go bird is? Because I'm okay. So the third bird down, like the last bird, the last mark down is your go bird. So you walk up, sit the dog down, call for your birds, 50 yards away, boom, left to right. Then deep of that same section, left to right is your flyer. Now, the kicker with that little scenario, that hip pocket, and and I have on Patreon uh, diagrams and you know videos of the test. So if you want to see what I'm talking about, Patreon has them all. But depending on how far the flyer flew, and depending on maybe the you know the first bird out landed five feet further or five feet less, made that series that set of marks super tight. That makes sense. But you had to make a big swing to the left. For your go bird, okay? Yeah. Send the dog for the go bird. A bunch of dogs screwed this up already, okay? Which is effed up. You've got a, like, this is the Master National. And on the first bird that your dog's supposed to go pick up, they had a hard time picking it up. The way the wind was blowing did not give the bird away. They would run under the arc of that bird. The wind wouldn't help them. The wind was blowing right to left. Wind wouldn't help them. All of a sudden, they're in no man's land hunting, in, and they're just like, oh, I don't know, and people would have to handle. Now you got to pick up everything else, and you're out of handles, okay? So you can handle one time in a series. So you've got to attack this test with a short bird and a long bird almost in line. Difficult. But anyways, we got to go bird. Go pick it up. Now, we still have to hit that short bird and long flyer and two blinds. Which one do you do, the short bird or the long bird first? Okay, great question. Neither. You had to know off of them, really, and run a blind under the arc of the short bird, okay? So the short bird comes from that hay bale, left to right, and you had to run a blind under the arc of it with the wind blowing from that duck towards the line to the blind. So you'd say, you know, dog would come back with a go bird. Hopefully it did well. Line them up for the memory bird. I would... So this is how I do it, everybody. This is a little training tip here. If I have to, it's called a poison bird. When you have to know a dog off a mark and run a blind, it's called a poison bird. I am going to show them that bird. I'm going to tell them, good. You remember, literally, this is me up there. They bring me back the bird. 
They line up for that memory bird. I let them look at it. I go, good. Cue them up. Good. No bird. No bird. Heel. So heel pushes, here pulls. I had to heel and push them off under the arc of that bird. I don't want to hide it from them. I don't want to tell them no right away. I want them to remember it. So that's why you're doing that. You're Correct. helping to remember. I'm helping them yeah, remember. There's a bird right there. There's a bird right there. Don't forget that son of a gun. Good. No bird. <laughs> now do not get that yeah, bird. Exactly. If you get that bird, you are out. Right, right, right. And several dogs went out. Good. No bird. Heel. Set. Good. Dead bird. Good. Right there. Good. Back. And my whole crew pulled off that mark nicely and ran the blind. Now, here's the kicker. Remember that wind is blowing from the duck to the line to right, the line. Right, right, Okay? So they would take a good line, and they'd be like trucking. I'm like, hell yeah, hell yeah, oh, baby, oh, baby. And then wham, they'd hit, hit the scent line. cone, yeah, yeah. the scent cone of that bird, and they'd be like, I found the duck, Bob. It's right there. Right. Whee! Cast. So were you casting away from the bird? Right, but like were you preemptively knowing that they were probably going to hit 100%, that? 100%, dude. Okay. I was pooping my pants. hundred <laughs> percent. Because if they pick it up, you're puckered. out. But pucker level 10. <laughs> and then cast off of it. Now, I want to say Ember, the Jesse, Ace. Ah, that might have been it. Ember and Ace gave me like a screw you. It's right there. Tweet. Cast again. And they turn and dug. So they were like, okay, I'm not supposed to have it. Turn and dug and picked that blind up. Beautiful. I was very, 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 very can't explain to everybody how hard that is. So the fact that they all six of them did good, I was very proud. <clears throat> right. Now they come back with that blind, line them up. Good. Easy. We've got to now talk them back into that short bird. It was imperative to me to pick that short bird up and then punch out to the flyer. If your dog overran the short bird and got the flyer, which is deep, it's harder to slow a dog down than it is to get a dog to punch out. So walk with me yeah. on this, right? Yeah, yeah. So we've got two birds, very similar lines to each bird. If they skip the short bird and go and get the long bird, they're going to want to go long again, right, right, right. which means you're going to have to handle. But you can't because you, or... You could, but maybe you handle on that go bird that was a humdinger. Yeah, yeah, Right? Um, so if you handle on the go bird then you can't handle on that shorten or flyer. So you can only do that once per series. And then it's not just per series. It's like two, maybe three times the whole Master National. So if you've already got a handle in the first series, you're thinking, boy, this whole week's going to be long. I better pick up a beautiful triple at some two points, three points. So I didn't have anybody handle in the first series. Everybody picked it up clean and I picked up the short bird first, then got them to go out to the long bird, the right way to do it. Well, but, okay. Yeah, not everybody on. did. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. just laying it out there. Not everybody did. Some dogs overran the short bird, picked up the flyer, and then couldn't check down, had to handle, da, 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 da. like people hacked it up, and it was a son of a gun. And a lot of dogs did a good job too. Then you had, after you picked all that up, you had to run a blind and it wasn't too hard off to the right. Then you had to go honor. Cool. I got everybody through the first series clean, so that means nobody handled, and everybody picked up their marks beautifully, so I'm sitting pretty. I'm feeling very good about my crew. And you don't know if you passed necessarily until like the end of the day, right? Not even the end of the day, because it, it takes, with 133 dogs, it took two days to do it. So 
I ran four day one, but because, so it was Lizzie, Ace, Memphis, Hunter, Quinn, uh, Ember, right? Like, so I ran Memphis, Quinn, Hunter, Ember, day one, had to wait all night sweating it. The next day had to run Lizzie and Ace. Okay. So your adrenaline just never eases. And it could, I mean, hour to hour wind and things get whatever can change lighting can change very perspective very very great uh but especially day to day it could be a different yes, game you're absolutely right so day two the wind kind of sort of shifted a bit and made the poison bird easier but it made everything else harder so yeah totally different ball game but we got through second series humdinger dose we had a walk-up bird that was you come out of your holding blind walk up a bird was thrown about 50 yards left to right almost the whole arc and the fall area was behind trees so you got to see a piece of the bird and then it landed behind a clump of trees along that to the right of that fall area was a road that went around to a pond was thrown out there dogs like taking roads exactly that's the path of least resistance so if they hit that road and they don't smell it they just keep on trucking right and need to be handled not good yeah okay so they had to know that bird was behind that clump of trees so depending on what letter flight you're in you're going to be using different yeah different terrain like it's you do like this is your setup for flight h right whatever but somebody in flight a would have had a completely separate yes now everything right or no good question yes but they had like a theme gotcha so in each flight, there's going to be a poison bird under the arc. Gotcha. There's going to be a walk up that might land behind a bush. There's going to be a there's going to be something that resembles something from everything to the best of their ability as judges and land and terrain <laughs> yeah, that and water sense. that they've got. Like nobody's is going to be the same, but they wanted it to be. They want it to be as congruent as they can. That makes sense. So other buddies of ours that are in different flights are like, oh, yeah, we had an under the arc poison bird blunt, uh, you know, and it's like, oh, we did that in our first. Right. But it was their third and it was a little different than ours. And maybe the wind was different. So it wasn't as bad. What? Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right. So second series walk up bird left to right. Then to you, you move the dog to the right just a hair. And there was a hundred and forty yard straight angle back bird across the pond and in between me and the dog was about a 40 yard run 30 yard run get in the water halfway through the pond there were trees in the water okay so like flooded timber keyhole keyhole is having to thread the needle between two clumps of bushes or trees or whatever swim another 20 yards get out on land drive another 30 yards pick up your bird okay that keyhole that they saw that little glimpse of that bird fall through was grassy with a dead tree on it. Well, when they go and get the bird, all the dogs that run before them go and get that bird and come and swim back, climb onto that grassy island and leave duck scent. Ooh. Okay. So now dogs that run later in the day are getting to that island being like, I smell duck. <laughs> I better hunt here. Right, right, right. How big was the island? Like a six foot. Six foot by six foot, 10 foot by 10 foot. I mean, it's small, small, but they all go to it because it's path of least resistance and they have to, to get to that bird. 
So dogs were hunting short and then you'd have to handle off of that island and they're like, nah, bro, it's here. It and then you're getting here. a cast refusal and a cast refusal and a cast refusal and now you're out. So when that happens, do they just kind of give you a yeah. nod and be like that? So I'll get to that with Ember. So that's your bird two. Bird three is your live flyer. Left to right to the left of your walk-up bird. That's your go bird. Go get your flyer. Probably 130 yards, 120 yards. Nothing too crazy. It was a keyhole. But if they punched through that keyhole, it was like a secluded area that the dogs would just hunt, 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 and find it. They pick that up. On the way back from the flyer, they shoot a diversion bird. A diversion bird is a bird that's thrown in route on the way to or on the way back from a retrieve, whether it's a blind or a mark. So they go and get their go bird. And then, bow, here comes another bird. And they got to mark that. So you, while they're working, while they're already in the middle of doing something, they're coming back to you. Yep. And so now, whether they mark it or not, you can handle it, them to it. So forget, I think Matt, Quinn, Quinn didn't even see it. She had like a wing over her face, didn't even, she heard a gunshot, didn't even know what it went on. So I had to run it as a baby blind. It was like 30 yards back. Everybody else saw it and picked it up clean. But you you get a free handle, so it doesn't count towards your other marks. Gotcha. Okay, so that's like a rule. You can handle to it. So I handled her. <clears throat> uh, everybody else picked it up beautifully. So pick up your flyer, pick up your diversion bird, pick up your walk-up bird. Now pick up the money bird, meaning the one that's tough, cut across his pond, and 140 yards later is your bird. Dang. Memphis did not see it. I'll get into Memphis in a minute. Ember saw it, but she was it was like 80-something degrees. She was hot, and sometimes Ember doesn't give a crap. Sometimes, just who she is, she's got to want it. She will do anything for anyone if she wants to. By the time she's hot and tired and already picked up one, two, three birds, she was like, eh, you know what? Why don't you walk across this pond? You <laughs> Out of here, it's 80 degrees. Yeah, it's 80 degrees. I've already done my job. So Ember kicks off, taking a good line, gets to the water's edge, and blows, and just is like... Nothings. Tweet back, moves to the left, tweet back, moves to the right, tweet back, gets in the water. That's two cash refusals. She kind of dilly dallies around a little bit. I probably blow another whistle, probably whistle or two. She gets to the island, probably another whistle or two, gets her off the island, and then a whistle, and she gets out probably one more whistle on land, if I remember correctly. So that's roughly five. That's a lot. Technically, cash refusals. To get her there. Now, here's the kicker, folks. I'm not saying she did good. That was bad of her. I'm disappointed in her. <sighs> when you look at all the other work that she did in the first series and the part of the second series, I would think that on a normal weekend test, they would say, you know what? I'm going to score that super low, but let's see what this dog can do in the next series. But we're at the Master National. There's no room for slackers. There's no room for someone who blows you off four, five, six times. There's just no room for it. And they didn't even let me run the blind. So they Ooh. just were like, we saw enough. You're done. But I would say on a normal weekend test, mm -hmm. they'd say, you know what? Let's see what the next series has to offer. The first series, she showed great work. Second series, 80% of it was great work. Right. 20% was mediocre to poor. But let's see what the third series has. And if she mm. redeems herself, you're good. Well, they, there was no redemption here. She was just done. And that was the second series? That was the second series. And that broke my heart because this was for her Hall of Fame. And this is her retirement run. She is done. 
I will never put my hand over that dog again at a hunt test until the day she dies. And so I was choked up. It didn't really sink in because I had more dogs to run. And then that night sitting down, cracking a bush latte, you're thinking like, dang, that was it. That was it. It's over with. Like what an end of an era for a dog that at three months old came to our home. You know, I was a kid. I I mean, seven years ago. Well, I guess I wasn't a kid. Mentally, I was a kid. But like, we're going to a bar that can bring dogs into it, a pub, and we're bringing little Ember and everyone's thinking she's a chocolate lab. And you're like, all right, I'm tired of telling people it's a Chesapeake. All right, leave us alone. You know, leave us alone. Yeah, it's a chocolate lab. Thanks for coming. Pet it and get out of here. I mean, I, I just have so many amazing memories and places I've gone. She's done youth hunts in South Carolina, taking kids on their first duck hunt, like just a phenomenal. You trained her puppy. Yeah, I've trained a couple of her puppies. I mean, just a phenomenal lone duck dog that I'll never forget until the day I die. And I wish she got a second chance, but knowing how the rest of the week went, it had been tough. This was a tough one. It had been tough for her to grit it out. You had to have a dog with some grit and heart and guts. And sometimes Ember's got it. And sometimes like that day when it's hot and she's tired and she's already gotten the flyer. Yeah. Like if that long bird across the pond was a flyer, I bet you I bet you she'd have gone and pounded it because she loves flyers. Right. But it wasn't. She already got you the burned through so many dollars trying to have flyers just to keep yeah, her like, keep her pumped, man. Yeah. You you do what you gotta do. So I was I was pretty heartbroken uh for her career to end like that. Again, it was for her the Hall of Fame. If you pass three master nationals, you get in into the hall of fame and she's passed two. This was her third and final, no matter what. And she was done. So now on to meth. Every, by the way, I'll just recap quick. Everybody else, Quinn, Lizzie, Hunter, Ace stomped proud as heck. Stomped it. Memphis. This is the hard one. Memphis is going to be nine in December. Everybody listens to this podcast, know who she is. She's got aches and pains and is, she had a hard time getting up today. I know. I know. She can't hear. She can hear me and you talking. She can hear one of my employees on a four-wheeler and a boom gun in an open field, hey, hey, or duck call and shoot and throw, but she's got a target. I never noticed it. This whole pre-training, none of it. Never knew it. But she always had like a target that she could do. It never exposed itself. Right. I and, didn't know and, this. And, me, dude, me either. I found out a week and a half ago. No, I mean, I, you, yeah, we haven't talked about the Master National and you didn't tell right. me that either. So, so it never came up. And, <laughs> and when she qualified, you have to pass six ma- uh, master tests from August 1st to July 31st. So the last one she passed was in like March. So it's been April, May, June, July, August, September, October. Half a year. Half a year since she's ran a master test. This is the second series is where it showed itself. And I didn't even recognize it then, but she can't here at 140 yards where the duck call and gunshot is. So she hears wah, 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 boom. She's looking around. She's looking hard, but she's not looking where it is. No clue where that sound is coming from. She can hear, but she she couldn't pinpoint. She couldn't pinpoint it like a young dog can. Like, boom, there it is, that bush. Boom, there's the duck. Okay, I marked it. No clue. So I pick up all the land birds. Basically, I have to run a blind. And picks it up fine, runs the blind good. Cool. We've handled. So I was clean in the first series, handled in the second. Go to the third series. 
third series is a water triple and a blind with a remote set. So a remote set means you have to put the dog somewhere, tell them sit, walk somewhere else, call for your birds and bang, bang, bang. The dog has to sit away from you. How far away? Literally hay bales. So there were one, two, three, and then a hay bale up top. So four hay bales kind of like pyramided in front of you. You sit the dog in front of the hay bales, walk behind the hay bales, call oh, for your okay. bird. Gotcha. Okay. So not far, but it's different. Yeah. Okay. Just Something a little train for. Yeah. A little bit. We don't do too much of it, but something. Memph, no clue where the hardest bird was. No clue. She saw the first bird. She saw the short bird. She did how not did, see the How did bird. you know if you're, you said you're behind the hay bale. Yeah, I mean, like, I can, but you, but but I can see, see the dog. Oh, yeah, okay, so okay. I'm looking at her from me to you away, four feet away. I got gotcha. you. And I'm watching her just like, legit, I mean this respectfully, Ray Charles. Like, oh, looking around. Looking around. Like, I hear it, but I don't, I don't know where to look. And then it's on the ground, and she didn't even see it. So now I got to handle again. And after losing Ember and it sinking in that I'll never touch that dog again at a hunt test, and I, I don't, I love my buddy Jack who owns her. He's one of my best buds from college, but I see him once a year. Maybe I'll see Ember once a year for the next couple of years. Like I might see her five more times in her life. Yeah. That sucks, dude. Yeah. So now, okay. So I run well, everybody we spiraling a sadness here. Well, I want everybody to understand how emotionally tied these dogs are to me. And this master national is like, it is an end of an era to the dogs who started Lone Duck. Memphis was my first ever master hunter, ever. Buck never made it. Buck Buck never passed a master test. He passed a bunch of HRC finish tests, and he was a senior hunter. That's it. That's as far as I took him. So Memphis, eight, yeah, probably seven years ago, got her first master title, or got her master title. Legit hasn't failed a test or had a hard time at a test in probably six and a half, seven years. Just boop, 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 Hey, she passed. Great job. You just, you just know that she's going to do it. This is the first time in her life I've ever watched her truly struggle. And it's because she's not, she's just old. Well, she's old, but she's got, she hasn't been training as hard and she's got the tick-borne disease. That- sure, all these things are factors, but at the end of the day, she got out of the truck like a two-year-old, spinning mm-hmm. in circles, freaking jacked, ready to go. But then you'd kick her loose and she'd go half speed and even slower on the way back and had fun, though. I mean, she was having so much fun, dude. It's awesome. Yeah. That's the part that felt really good is like she is in her glory. So third series, right hand bird goes out, thrown right to left along a tree line, probably 120 yards away. Next to it was a clump of trees where it was hidden, thrown right to left, and then a short go bird thrown towards us onto an island called a bridge bird. A bridge bird is thrown from one piece of land to another piece of land. And the dog, it's like a false landing area, false marking area where the dog, you know, thinks it's got to go there, but it's really over here. So Memph goes and picks that up. Didn't see the middle bird. I pull her to the right hand bird. She picks that up. Now I got to run a blind. So now I've handled twice. I was bawling. I sat down going Knowing how this is being, I mean, the judges were great people. I mean, they were, I really liked them. They're really great ladies and and judged really well and da, 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 da. But it was hard. They weren't given any breaks. They weren't, you know, if the dog didn't freaking do it, they didn't freaking do it, dude. And you're out. 
suck to suck. And on one hand, I really like that because if you pass, that means you got a dang good dog. And if you didn't pass, it means you got some work to do and you might still have a dang good dog. It just wasn't their day. But I know Memph and I know my other dogs and I know they can do it. Hands down. This is no big, not no big deal, but they can do what they do. It's what they do. This is, this is all within their wheelhouse. None of it was overwhelming for them. It, it was stressful. It was nerve wracking, but it was nothing that they was at the Master National was something they haven't seen, done, and been capable of. But Memph, you have to see the freaking bird to go and mark it. So I got to run a blind and I just poked him. I call it poke and pray. Yep. Adam Campbell from the Doghouse podcast. Run till you smell mallard. That's his, that's his, <laughs> I like that. yeah, but because she's older and isn't as good as she once was, she faded and faded she's as good once as I ever <laughs> was. She faded and faded and faded and I had to handle her. So now I've handled twice out of five series and we don't know the rules. We don't know what it's going to be judged like, like that could be it. And I go, like, I literally sat down on the hay bale watching her return with the last bird. And I would just like wept like a child like this. This is it. This is the last bird that she's going to get. I don't know how they're going to judge it. I don't know what's going to happen. This is it. She passed. And, and, and she should have passed. It wasn't like they gave it to me. I mean, she handled beautifully, marked the other birds beautifully, ran a great blind. But you just are like, holy crap. You get I'm, I'm literally on thin ice. Yeah. I cannot handle again or should not handle again. She has to be perfect. And we have two more to go. Everybody else in my crew, Ace, Lizzie, Quinn, Hunter, stomped it beautiful i was so proud of that so proud of them when kevin and i go into the duck blind together you know that we're packing the business baby man when i've got to pull up on a old drake millard i want to make sure that if my aim is true that that duck goes down and i am slinging the bismuth at them baby check them out kent cartridge bismuth at it this duck season from the duck blind to the holding blind baby it's purina our young dogs are eating the puppy blend large breed puppy formula should be fed to puppies from eight weeks when you get that little bundle of joy home that little cuddly wuddly buddy all the way to about a year old we want that dog to develop at a good consistent rate we don't want them grow too fast too soon and so that puppy formula is going to help accomplish that goal it's going to give them all the nutrients to develop their bones their joints their ligaments everything right feed that puppy formula till 12 months old and then flippity floppity to the 3020 pro plan when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Four series. Now we have to change locations. So we were at one beautiful property and we were able to do the three series there. Now we've got to leave and go somewhere else. And they don't, they, like, they don't, what is it? Like, they keep the gas down. They keep pushing the pedal. I mean, full throttle. This next fourth series, hard. Hum, dinger. Land series. 165 yard flyer. Now you sit the dog down. So you walk up, sit the dog down, 
left to right bird one, flyer left to right bird two. So that hip pocket idea again, right? Go bird right to left towards the flyer at maybe 60 yards. Go pick it up. No off of the other short bird run behind the gun to the poison bird. So the poison bird blind, right? Same idea as the first, just not on the arc. Right. Go pick that up, pick up the short bird, punch out and pick up the flyer. Yeah, I'm visualizing. Okay. There's hay bales. There's clumps of brush. It's taller cover. Wind was blowing left to right. So it made the poison bird a little bit easier, but you got to pick up that short bird. You do not want to run 160 yards and then check a dog down to 70 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, Or whatever it was. You don't. Do not, as just bad juju, because they aren't going to slow down. They just hauled ass, hauled ass, hauled ass, hauled ass, and now you're going, hey, easy, go pick this one up. They're going to be like, nah, haul ass to the tree line, right, baby. Exactly. They're jacked up the from last the last one was this far. I'm going to keep going. Yes. And they're running over. Right. The wind was helping most dogs, but if they didn't wind it, you had to handle. So dogs are just going out left and right because they're just, everybody's handling. Right. Sucked. Everyone did really well. So one of the things that I... <clears throat> I was lucky. I was lucky. Memphis, again, I, we talked. I'm going to talk a little more about Memphis than anybody else because whatevs. Memphis can't hear good, right? So I just went over this whole recap. That flyer is 160 something yards away with nothing to like look out at. And that flyer went out and they went boom, 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 boom. So instead of like a one shot kill, which typically is what you want for a dog that's going to break. You want that one shot right? so that they're not super jacked and whatever. This took three, four, five shots. And on the last shot, she was able to hone where that sound came from and caught a piece of that mark. Lucky. Yeah. Lucky. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, dude. I mean, like, uh, that was either one tough duck <laughs> yeah, or bad shooting or. Well, I'm, I'm thankful for right, a, yeah. a little bit of bad shooting on that one because it's like if they killed it in one, she would have had one chance to try and hone in on that sound. And then all of a sudden the duck's on the ground and she'd have probably needed to be handled all the way to the back of the field at 160 yards. And you're, you're probably out. I'm probably out. Right. She was able to mark that last piece of the arc of the bird and see where it Just fell. Caught the wing in the tree line. A wing and a prayer, bud. She smoked it. So it just goes to show that she does still have it. She just can't pinpoint the sound because if she sees that bird, she hauled ass and she put on a little bit of a hump. She knew it was deep. It was back there and bang. Yeah. Quinn gave me a scare on this one. Quinn was level 10 jacked more than normal. Like she always runs really (laughs) hot and heavy. So it's nothing new for her to be full of piss and vinegar. And she goes for the go bird. And I mean, just blew by it. Blew by it like 80 yards deep hunting really oh i was like 80 yards past past it hauling ass starts hunting deep of it works her way back i thought about handling but so many dogs were handling on that short bird and long bird combo that it's like i've got to just trust that she's going to be smart and say i'm not here it's not here i need to work my way in and she did but it was like I don't know if she's going to be like, dude, yep. they were, it was, uh, it was a chopping block, man. If you didn't do good, you didn't deserve to be there. Yeah. And that's, that's how I took it. Like, man, that one sucked. Now, granted, she's ran three series before that and stepped on every mark. Right. Maybe had a little hunt here, a little hunt there, but everything else has been bang, bang, bang. Thanks for coming. So I think that saved her. And then she bang, bang, 
stepped on the other two. So like gut, we call it gut hunting. You're just hunting your guts out for that go bird and then smokes the short bird. Like the undeniable stepped on, ran a beautiful line. Boop, there's the duck. That's awesome. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, thank God I needed that. Yeah, seriously. Hunter got a little loopy at this point on his poison bird blind. This is a fourth series, four series. He's been beautiful. And Hunter is one of those dogs that is like one of the most fun dogs to run and watch run. And if he's going to go down, he's going to go down swinging. He's going 110 miles an hour. He's giving it 110%. And sometimes it's amazing and sometimes it's not. Four series, that poison bird, he had a couple loopy sets that put him sort of near the poison bird. And I was able to cast him off of it and he did a great blind and he pinned his marks. I mean, he, he doesn't have a problem marking. Bang, bang, bang. Proud of him. Fifth series, Memphis is called back. Everybody. So I've got five out of six going to the fifth. Last day. Fifth, last series, Hall of Fame run, retirement run for Memphis. Yeah, I'm going to need to crack a beer for this one. This was going to be emotional. Maybe. I had enough tears. Yeah. I mean, I cried every series. The first one, I didn't. Second one, I didn't. Third, fourth, fifth, I 100% cried when Memphis was running. Cheers. Don't judge me. Fifth series. It is a, it's like a, we're in the woods. It's a pine stand with a pond. It's a walk up. So a walk up is when you come out of the holding blind at heel and bang, out goes a duck. And the dog has to sit and you can tell them sit or blow your whistle. Out goes a duck. Then bow, 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 out comes the flyer across a pond at about 140. And then bow, at about 40 yards, another bird came out left to right. So almost in line with the flyer, but they were kind of thrown. Flyer was right to left, go bird left to right. But maybe 15 yards line difference. Okay. I don't understand. <clears throat> now, here's the deal. This is called a contrary mark. It's contradictory to how we train. Contrary mark. We'd never train a dog to pick up a mark on our side of the pond when it's looking at water. Okay. When a dog sees water, a pond, we want them to get in and find a duck in it or beyond it. Get in the water, drive. Okay. So to check a dog down and pick up that short bird, especially a high roller, is very difficult at 30 yards, day, you know, fifth series. High, high roller meaning a dog who's hard charging, I'm going to run 150 miles. Yeah. Down. They'd rather run 200 yards instead of 30. Right. Right. So they're, they're a lot of dogs are overrunning that mark, getting in the water and having a hard time. The blind for that was almost in line a little bit of the under the arc of where that bird was being thrown. So they're getting sent from the blind station and where the blind is being planted, right? So if they overrun yeah, it, now right. they're in the water and they're going, but there's, yeah, I smell a duck on the other bank. And, that, and that's what I usually do. So I'm going to, exactly. So a lot of them were blowing off handles, going autopilot, just cluster. That's what Hunter did. And that's what put them out. And so this is now two master nationals, Idaho and here, that I've had a dog who was perfect, no handles, just needed to get through this last one, that when I blew the whistle and went tweet, 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 they smelled a bird deep of them and they would not come back to me. And so I am going to train harder for that scenario and say, no, when you hear tweet, 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 it doesn't mean you keep effing hunting. 
It means you come to me now. Do not pass go. Do not think twice. But Hunter is that kind of dog, man. He's so passionate about his job that that passion can lead him into autopilot zone. And he goes, damn, I hear you. I see you. I smell it here. No, it's here. And um, that broke my heart because Ben, Hunter's owner, is a <laughs> really good friend now. I mean, he's not a client. He's a friend. And Hunter is a damn good dog. I mean, he made this these tests look awesome. And he just, at the end of the day, couldn't contain the energy, couldn't contain his excitement. And just, that was it. It was over. How old is he? Four. Four. Now, Quinn, Lizzie, and Ace. Ace had a little bit of a bobble, but handled out of it and passed. He had no other bobbles the whole test. It, I was thankful. It was just a little bobble. Casted him. Casted again. Crossed upon. Picked up his flyer. But overall, he got hung up in some dragback scent, some old fall area scent, and bologna. And... <laughs> I caught myself and, um, and it was just like a little bobble. Like he, I feel like he didn't mean to, and then he got out of there and pounded the rest. So I was thankful that probably all his other scores were dang near perfect. And a bobble didn't cost him like it did Ember. I mean, her bobble was bigger than aces. Aces was quick. It happened. And then it didn't happen anymore. And he was good. Ember's was like, it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. Okay. She's good. His was like, oh, God, it happened. Okay, he's out of there. Right. Okay. Now, Mav, I got lucky again, bud. She Was she the last one to go? Nope. So it went Lizzie, Ace, Mav, Honor, Quinn. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. So that was the running order. So Mav was three, and I got, again, lucky. It was like three shots, four shots on the flyer, and she saw it. She pounded it. And uh, again, man, I just look at the career she and I have had the places she and I have gone, the business that she and I and Buck have built, the dogs that have come and gone through the program that, you know, people would see Memphis and be like, I want a dog like that. And it's like, she's, she's just going to be undoubtedly one of the more special dogs of my life, her and Buck. And then God's honest truth. I don't know if there's going to be any more. I mean, I love Quinn, I love Prairie, I love Rambler, I love all the dogs I've owned. You forgot to talk about Andy. Well, Andy's different, man. Andy's the best. Andy I don't, was I don't know if I'm gonna Master National. I don't know That's if I'm gonna have so another well. grouse dog as good as Andy. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's gonna be hard because I do it for a living. I don't know if I can have the emotional connection with a dog like I have with Memf and Buck. And and truthfully, Andy, but <clears throat> Andy's on a different. Andy's different. And, Andy's just different. Do you know why? Is because Buck was the first. He was the first, and he was an individual. He was. Yeah, let's go hunting. So I bring my dog. He, there's a lot of learning, a lot of heartache, a lot of excitement, a lot. Oh yeah, that, he that went everywhere with me. Exactly. And, and so did Memphis. And same with Memphis. I slept. Memphis. You know, here old joke. When I was starting my business, I basically lived in a warehouse kennel, and that's where me and the dog stayed. I had a brown spot on the bed with me, and I had a round brown spot at my feet with Memph. I rather did sheets, <laughs> clean sheets. I mean, I didn't need to. I'm a freaking guy. Whatevs. Don't judge me. But like, that was me and her, man. 
She has been by my side for n- almost nine years now. And it's oh, it's not over. She's not dead, but she's retired. She's retired. She's probably not going to hunt a ton more. It's going to be careful hunting with her. Yeah. You know, she might get some here and there, but it's, it's an end of an era. And it's one of those dogs that, um, I mean, I, I, I cried. I ugly cried. I re- legit. It's not like I teared up. I really had a hard time watching her because even just watching her retrieve is like, I know that she's struggling. I know that she's sore, but she didn't give a crap. It's like, dude, when I play rugby, I'm 30, almost 37. If you told me tomorrow that me and 10 of my best friends could go play rugby and I'll bust my, I'll break an arm. I'd be like, man, maybe not break an arm. If I would just like not be able to walk great. I mean, I did. I played this year. I broke a rib. Like I would do it again. If you told me I'd break a rib, I'd be like, yeah, it sucked for a month and a half. Screw it. I'm good. I just, I live for moments like that. And when you watch her get out of the truck and go to work, she lives for those moments. How do you feel? There's going to be someone listening to this thinking that it's unfair that you had her run. Yeah. How do you come watch her? That's what I would say. Come watch her. Watch her get out of my truck and say, it's my turn. Spinning in circles like she's two. She just aches. And I get it. I'm the adult. I'm the human that can put rules to saying she's too old, she's too sore. So I could be the responsible one to say like, you know what? In her best interest, we shouldn't do this. And I went into this entire year knowing that this was a maybe. This was a great question, Kevin. Thank you for asking. The whole year, I knew that she had partially torn knees and a bone spur in her spine and tail. I've had Memphis looked over by the best vets in the, I'm trying not to swear. I, I got emotional. The, the F started to flow and it didn't in the entire country. Reviewing her, ultrasounding her, doing procedures on her to make her comfortable and happy and live a long, healthy and happy life. And I'm not done yet, by the way. Like I'm going to continue making her comfortable and happy. But here's the kicker. When I'm leaving for work every day, and she thinks she's coming with me, she's spinning in a circle ready to get in my truck. And then I have to put her back in the house and she goes and lays by the fireplace or at the on the couch and is like, dang, she wants it. And if Memphis and I were sitting and could humanly talk to each other, I go, do you want to go do it? I bet you see, she would say today, yeah, hell yeah, I'm in. Just like I would say, hell yeah, I'm in to go play that game again. Even though I know I'm going to get smoked, even though I know I'm not in great shape, even though I know I'm going to probably get hurt or could get hurt, I'm going to do it every day until the day I die. And she would do the same. Now, I did tell myself that if it ever crossed a line that I would be responsible and say, nah, it ain't worth it because it's just a damn plate and a ribbon. And now, granted, she went into the Hall of Fame. But it doesn't matter. Like, nobody knows. What, are you going to Google this shit? Like, who cares? Nobody is. So it's just for me and her and you and, like, our parents. Like, nobody cares. She's not breeding anymore. Like, it's over. It doesn't matter. And I did learn that. Like, that is a, like, revelation in my head. Like, none of it really matters. She did her thing, dude. She had a great career. I loved watching her pick up her first duck. I loved watching her swim across rivers and get, do you love those memories more than than her doing master national things? That's an interesting topic. I would say overall yes, but this master so all right. Do you follow me though? Like, yeah. like what what is what is more impactful 
Uh, I would say the the hunting memories and the things that she got to do are mainly more impactful, but I've never been more emotionally impacted than this one. And here's why. Master National number one, I took three dogs. Mama Cruz went out in like the fourth series. Memphis passed, but the next morning I had to run Ember. So I walked to the line, passed Memphis, walked off the line, had to emotionally separate me succeeding and get ready for Ember. And then I'm walking to the line ready to run Ember. And they're like, hey, we're done. You have to run tomorrow. So that national, my first one ever, I never even got to celebrate Memphis passing because I was so focused on, I still have a job to do. I got to pass Ember. So I never celebrated it. Master national number two in Idaho. She was one of five that I took. And I don't remember her passing. I remember May failing. Just like I remember Ember and Hunter failing this one. Yeah. I I got hung up on the loss versus relishing in, boy, Memph crushed it. Cruz crushed it. Kuma crushed Now, I do remember Kuma, the golden retriever, crushing it because that's a good buddy of mine. And Carol, whose grounds we train on, that's her breeding. It was, she, it was her 50th master hunter out of her breeding ever to be made. 50th. Really? And that it's the that. first ever of her breeding to get a master national plate. So it was like a big deal. That is a pretty big deal. Then, so it was the biggest deal though was when her dog bred to Birdie. Yeah, Kevin's dog Birdie. So that was like a big deal, but like Memph kind of fell through the cracks. And then this one is where I got to actually emotionally think about and feel and enjoy, which bummer for Quinn, whatevs. Like tough, like I don't know. That's kind of how I felt about Memph and Ember. Like I, Quinn passed. Proud of her. Got a plate. Great dog. Love her to death. Happy for her. Lizzie. I expect Quinn, Lizzie, Hunter, A's. I expected these guys to do good. I don't know, man. It's just one of those things. Like, so, anyways. All right. Head over to loneduckoutfitters.com. Anything you need to get you and your dog ready for duck season, whether it be more bumpers, a new e-collar, some launchers, the dummy launchers by DT, wingers, anything you can think of, you can find at LoneDuckOutfitters.com to get you and your dog ready for duck season. Baby. It was an emotional ride. It was a successful ride. It was a hard ride. I mean, a lot of our friends who did this didn't do so hot. You know, they'd take... 15 dogs and pass six and take 10 dogs and pass two and this and that. And it was like a, a difficult event. And I think that it's right for the AKC and master national to make it difficult because the dogs that achieve it are special. And that's what makes it even more special for Memph to get through it and get her hall of fame. I encourage anybody that has a master hunter that wants a master hunter to strive for this master national play. I'm looking at them in my office in our podcast room now. It is an accolade that you will be proud as hell of for the rest of your life and your dog's life. It's a ride. It's a journey. It's the pre-training. It's the it's the event. It's the dinners and banquets and high-fiving and the, the rush, the nerves, the everything culminating into a whole year's worth of work and not just a year it's like years of training a dog from eight weeks old to whatever age you take it there all that hard work pours into this one in 10 day event and all of a sudden it's it's here and it's done and i hope that you if it's a goal of yours that you can show up to the big show 
you and your dog perform above everybody's capabilities and make everybody proud and happy and you can walk away with a plate. It's a phenomenal experience. It's a phenomenal team of people that put the Master National on. I'm proud as hell of the dogs that I took. I'm proud of the ones that didn't make it because they did make it. They got there and they did a good job while they were running it. Then it happens and there's always next year. But anyways, everybody, I want to thank you for tuning into our Master National Recap. I want to thank you all for the messages and well wishes that we had while we were there. I mean, you guys who listen to this and follow us on Instagram and Patreon, just your support system. I want to make you guys proud. I want to share with you our journey uh, of the cool stuff we do with our dogs. And uh, until the next episode, we'll see you on the flip side. Thank you. Hey, join our community. If you enjoy the show, if you enjoy our YouTube, if you enjoy Instagram, it's like buying me and Kevin a beer. Join patreon.com forward slash Lone Duck Outfitters. The link is in the description. Click that link, join the community. We've got tons of great videos, tons of great content, and you can ask me more questions. So join it, enjoy it. We did it for you and you're helping us produce a show so thank you so much to that community get in get out let's roll patreon.com forward slash lone duck outfitters hey listeners nick larson here host of the bird shop podcast as fans of this show you may be interested in the conversations on the bird shop podcast where we discuss all things upland hunting from upland birds and their habitat and conservation to the shotguns bird dogs and gear used to pursue them whether you're a seasoned upland hunter or just getting started and wanting to learn more i interview a wide range of guests each with their own unique perspective and valuable experience to share if you're on the hunt for more upland hunting conversation please consider subscribing to the bird shop podcast today Thank you.